This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Industry leading. Difference making. Tomorrow shaping. World changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career, too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell. This is our initial reaction show to Fulham's dominating, and I mean dominating, 2-0 victory against Everton at Goodison Park. Emilio, Fulham <laughs> make their own history, as I put in the title. I've heard so much about how Fulham do terrible and they cannot win, how many years it goes back at Goodison Park. They broke history. History... Records were made to be broken, and they did it, and they did it in a dominating way. Your thoughts. Let's get right into it. Come on, you whites. Come on, finally. We've been waiting two and a half months for this, to be honest. It's, you know, records are there to be broken, Russ. Uh, haven't won a league game at Goodison Park. That record's gone. Yep. 22nd, 20, is it 22 consecutive defeats in the league against Everton away from home? That's gone. This is exactly the springboard we need. And we've this resort's been... I think this has been coming. You know, I'm not saying, you know, we've 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 lacked one thing the last two, two and a half months, goals, quite clearly. Mostly and most of the season, but particularly the last couple of months, we just haven't been scoring goals. But That's maybe right. we maybe we found our old goal poacher that we need, you know, maybe. in the right place for both those goals. But overall, very impressive performance. You know, it's the team were up for it right from the word go, right from the when the whistle went. Even you saw imagine, you know, take starting the game before they took the you know for to the knee. The, the, they, you know, everyone had to go on their knee, and then that, you know the, the game had to restart. You could see Fulham were, were keen, enthusiastic, and they wanted this game more than Everton. And to be honest, we dominated for the whole the entire game. To be honest, we were fresh, we were strong, we we passed the ball neatly, we created chances. 
The difference today is we scored. We scored. Yes, we created time and we scored from them. The one difference there is just the fact you know we've we've potentially got a goal scorer here who can can get us out of this out of this mess. But it gives us hope. You know, not many people expected a victory today. We've got it. Let's carry on. Let's do the job on Burnley and Sheffield United. But it's this result was coming. You know, we've been banging on about it for two and a half months. Tottenham away, we should have got a victory. Liverpool at home, we should have won. West Ham last week, we dominated, didn't score. It, we've been knocking on the door to create a performance like this. And, you know, finally that's come now. This will give the team much confidence going into these next three games, which, which are crucial, all winnable games. Yes, the all park, there's no reason we can't go turf and break that record as well. That's right. So this, is, this has been a good weekend. Napoli beat Juventus yesterday. <laughs> Napoli beating Everton at Goodison Park. I've, I've, I've had a very good weekend. <laughs> good for you, Emilio. I know how much Napoli winning means oh. to you. And then, of course, we have this victory today. And what's interesting, but I'm glad that you said this, I saw this coming, you know, and again, they've been knocking on the door and I've been waiting for them to basically break it down and they broke it down. I did predict two to one. So I guess I got my prediction wrong, but I'll take two nil. I'll yeah. take a two nil victory <laughs> any day of the week. I'll, I'll take it. But what's interesting about this, and we'll go through this in our show here, is that as I keep saying, it's a dominating performance, but it's a combination. And uh, I know you're going to agree with me on this. You talked about the finishing, but they had the effort. They were missing the finishing, but they've always had the effort. They always had the endeavor. They were basically, they were pressing the hell out of Everton. They were at it for 90 plus minutes. But th- this time they had the finishing. This time, you know, it didn't look like that in the first half. We'll talk about that because that made me a little bit concerned. I tweeted that out. But from the get-go in the second half, they finally finished Emilio. So so like we're talking about, dominating performance, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. I think let's also look at the starting lineup, to be honest. And I think we know when I saw Robinson had been dropped, I was actually quite encouraged by that, to be honest. I think I've said it on the last few shows. Yep. Straight after the game, since he came back from the suspension against Chelsea, he's not been the same player. You know, he's crossing not good enough, and he's been caught out of possession a few times and leaving a lot of gaps in the back. So give Scott Parker some credit. He, he dropped yes. Robinson. He put Aina on, you know, on the left. And to be honest, we looked comfortable. You know, we looked more organised, more compact, passing the ball more needed. Robinson we looked like the team that was in the top ten. We looked like the team, you know. We looked a different team. West Ham gave us more problems. They pressed us harder. But what, what we lacked against West Ham was just some clear-cut opportunities and, and actually letting their keeper make some saves. But here, you know, Madger was in the right place at the right time. We were creating opportunities. And I thought in our first half, here we go again, dominating the first half and got nothing to show for it. But you know, to be honest, to go then on second half and just push on and create those two early goals, it's just fantastic performance. But all credit to Scott Parker for making that change and, Put, yep. Taking off Robinson, I, I actually thought we looked better balance, better shape. We didn't get exposed defensively when Robinson likes to go forward. No, and his crossing's weak. Give the ball away, he gives possession away. He's got a lot, lot to track back, and that's when we get caught out a few times. But I thought the team looked much more better shape, better structure, and we looked more composed on the ball. And overall, yep. it, it was a fantastic team performance. So well done for for making that change, Scott Parker. And you know, you've, we've got to carry on this four four two works. You know, some of the everyone was heroic tonight. Let's be honest, everyone was heroic. You know, I can't afford any any effort today, including. Who Scott. do you give the man of the match? We'll talk about that because this is really a team victory. Mm. We, we we have to just start there. 
Emilio, and the one thing that I do want to, want to mention because we are talking about the starting eleven when you talked about Aina, mm-hmm. but I want to also talk about Lookman because on that left hand side, the two of them were causing Everton all kinds of problems, and, and we really saw in the second half. But in the first half, it was it was there too, just yeah. causing all kinds of problems, yeah. and they were comfortable doing it. Yeah. They were com- in complete control. You know, everyone, you know, just Loftus Cheek looked strong. Some positive runs in that first half. Actually, Lookman, actually, I thought was not very, you know, was quite poor in the first half. I'm going to be honest again. Same yeah. old. You know, he had a good chance in that first half. Should have done better. He did. The deflection, but you look on the replay, it's you know, it just he just scuffed his shot. And you know, sometimes it's just this crossing's not good. That final ball is not good enough from Lookman. It just doesn't look the same player. He's got so a bags of potential, but for me, he he was he was probably our worst player today. I'll be honest with you. I thought. <laughs> Of all okay. the players, I thought Lookman didn't really much. I just thought in the first half in particular, just too lightweight, wants too many touches. No, I see where you're going on that. He was greedy. He went for a long-range shot outside the penalty. Get in that box more often. I keep saying, take your man on, get in the box, square the ball into the six-yard box. Now you've got Madger, you need width, you need be more direct. And I thought Lookman was poor first half again. I just think it's he's not the player he was pre-COVID. And you know he was a player we said... He needs to stay fit, and he's the one who's going to cause, you know, defense's problems. He's he struggled to be honest. He's not the player he was, and he's no longer our threat anymore. Yep. You, know, you got Loftus Cheek. I thought had a great first half. Tete made some exceptional. He was great. He was great too. Listen, there, there are so many places where we can go. I, I, you know? I just want to share this comment because this goes with me talking about some mm. other players. Harrison and Tete dominated because I was going to oh. mention Harrison Reed. Harrison Reed, I thought ran the show, Emilio. Yeah. He was my man of the match. I know Madger scored two goals, but he did his job. His job is to he's there to score goals. He was in the right place at the right time. Harrison Reed was just ran his socks off the whole game. Looked lively, looked strong, good crossfield passes. Even had a shot himself, which wasn't too yes. far from the top corner. So Harrison Reed for me did run the show, and I thought he bossed that midfield. And by far was my man of the match. You know, okay, by, okay, by great. Mile. Okay, very good. Okay, well. As we talk about the positive, we do have to talk about the negative as well because we're balanced here, my friend. We're balanced. Mm. And we don't want to get too high because, again, there's mm-hmm. a lot of the season still to come ahead for Fulham, and they have a lot of work to do. So, again, this is a huge victory. But we still have to talk about what happened in the first half. So let's start here. Fulham dominant in the first half, but nothing to show for mm. it, Emilio. I tweeted this out. I was concerned because yeah. I thought that – Carl Ancelotti would make adjustments at halftime. We would see something similar that happened against West Brom. And again, like halftime adjustments. Obviously, that didn't happen, thankfully. But when you look at the first half, and I'm just listening to the commentary, there was only one team on top. It was Fulham. But I've seen this movie before, Emilio. What was going wrong with so much positive play? They just couldn't finish. Yeah. Exactly. You look at that first half, right from the word go, from that first, from the first second. We, you know, we only had one thing in mind. We knew, you know, the players were up for it. I think it was quite clear. Everton looked a little bit lethargic. I'm not defending them at all here, but they looked lethargic. They missed Calvert Lewin. They offered little threat. Oh, yeah. I think that was that was to our advantage. But we needed a bit of luck. How many times have I been going on about this show? We we just need a bit of luck. Yep. Even when we hit the post in that first half, couldn't have just got it. Couldn't have just squeezed in and just. <laughs> The luck, just that luck we we're just not having in front of goal. It just, just I just felt, you know what? I've dominated the first half. I just felt like West Ham again, dominant, but nothing to show for it. But you know what? 
we looked we looked more in control than we did against West Ham. We looked hungrier. Yep. Complete control. Everton were poor, let's be honest, but you still have to play against the opposition. That's right. We've always been guilty of giving the opposition too much respect. I don't think they gave us enough respect. And that was that was to our advantage. You know, I think I think at the end of the day we we took advantage of their lethargicness, no yep. count Lewig, and we made that count. And now the, overall it's you know first half we should have we should have been in the front. We had enough chances. I said, Lookman should have done better with his chance. And yes, I, I, I agree with that. That's where Lookman again. It's and we need him to be more clinical in those positions. He needs totally to really right a million earlier when he's got the chance. He, he doesn't do enough for me to be honest. And okay, I you know he he should have been an automatic starting player now for us to be honest. In in this light in this run up to the end of the season, we need everyone to be firing all cylinders. And Lookman unfortunately has gone completely backwards in the last month. And I'm and I'm picking him out because. He's tell me what good other than his Man United goal. What's he done this side of Christmas? He's done very little, very little. Well, we need him to score. You know, it's funny <laughs> because again, he's dangerous, and I understand where you're coming on. I just like the two of them down that mm. left hand side. I, I see what you're saying because he's just not clinical enough. So you have every right to criticize that because mm. it's a lot of huffing and puffing. I think that's where you're going on this. Yeah, exactly. But, where, but, but where's the final product? You're looking yeah. for the final product. And we have not seen the final product. So fair for you to mm. criticize that. But as we talk about the first half, I want to talk about this because you and I talked about this off air when we talked about Everton, that when we play against teams that don't press us and want to play and let us play, Fulham mm. seem to do well. But what's interesting about this, we really pressed them, Emilio, and mm. we caused them all kinds of problems. Yeah. And this is the thing we've always said, whenever Fulham – are playing against a team pressing us like Brighton, like something. You know, at the end of the day, we struggle against these teams. We you know, absolutely we, struggle you know, against we, Brighton. We, you know, we do, we don't have that nice, fluent passing game that we you know that Scott Parker likes to play. We give the ball away more cheaply. But today, so we had acres of space to be honest. And we, you know, we were you know man for man, we were a hundred times better than Everton tonight. And you know, we just it's just shocking. Our it's movement, shocking. just look at our movement today between the players. Oh, you know, no matter how poor Everton was, but we still had a good good movement. Cross crossfield passes, you know, nice, comfortable. The only, you know, the only thing that made me nervous was Ariola in the first ten minutes when he he had two poor clearances. You know, other than that, we looked dominant in that first half, and I just said, it just the team looked up for it, and that that was a difference. And with Magic, Magic can be in the right place in the right time for the next you know ten fifteen games. Then you know what, this season isn't over yet. So everyone who's written us off can think again because this is exactly the victory we needed—a springboard to Burnley away. Get something against Burnley, and or minimum don't lose against Burnley. That's a minimum. Go and get there. Go get the win, and beat be Sheffield United. You know what? We're back in the mix. Absolutely, you know, Emilio. So that's this, how quickly it can change. Very, that's what, it can, and the other teams have done that. Burnley yes. and Brighton won three or four wins out of six. That's exactly what we need. We win three, win three of the next four games, if not more. We're back in the mix again. We just we just this result was coming. It's just. Someone's I thought that was coming. I, I was confident going into this, and Giannis and I did a show. We did a preview show. We both predicted a Fulham victory. And it's easy to say, okay, we're going to predict it because Fulham need the points. But I actually believed it. I knew Giannis believed it too. We felt that this was a team that Fulham could play against. Mm. And, and I thought in the first matchup, if they could learn from their mistakes in the first matchup, maybe, maybe mm. this is the time where they can make history. And they did. Yeah. Yeah. And they absolutely made history, and they dominated. That's the thing about this. And it's hard not to get too excited, Emilio, because it was that much of a dominating performance. When's the last time we've seen 
this yeah. much of a dominating performance. I wouldn't yeah. even think that Leicester City was this dominating like this. Yeah. Well, look, I'm looking at the comments. I'm being too harsh. Chris Davis on a look. When I did, what did, first half, should have scored a goal. That goal, if he'd missed that goal, that could have been the difference. Between, thankfully, we won the game. But it's those, those chances, we have to take them. He didn't. He's been missing a few chances. So do his you know, this is a key player for us. You know, he needs to make things happen. Like he was earlier in the season. We're not yep. seeing enough of that. So I'm being criti- too harsh on Chris on Lookman. Chris, I disagree. You know, if you think I am, then happy to have a conversation offline. But I need a better end product. He needs to release the ball early. No, I see where you're going on this. He's, coming from. He's a big player yes. for us. He needs to be the player he was pre-COVID. Okay, very good. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about the second half and what happened with Josh Maja's brace, but it was not just about that. There's a lot more to do with that, and we will finish with man of the match. Okay, Emilio, let's get right to it. Let's not waste any time. And my biggest concern going into the second half, like I mentioned, I tweeted this out. I said I've seen this movie before, Emilio. I was very concerned at halftime. I tweeted it out. I'm very concerned. But my concerns went away very early on with the first goal from Josh Maja, which is obviously then followed up by the second. But let's talk about both goals and what led up to him. Because, again, it was all of the complaints that we had in the first half, everything came through in the second half. You know, we, we were talking about, yeah. well, they, they just don't have the end product. All of a sudden, we have a striker that finds the net twice. Now, again, the uh, – Second goal, you know, from from Maja is is coming off of a great shot from Harrison Reed. Okay, but but mm-hmm. still, he's in the right place at the right time. That's yeah. what strikers do. That's so, what you need. That's exactly. So what let's talk need. about the goals, my friend. Yeah, and again, I'm going to give Maja a you know, good call out in the first half. I thought he worked hard first half. Good touches. Came back to defend it a number of times. So you know, held the ball up pretty well. Well, good distribution. Looked good and. He was just, it's his first start for the club. He came on as a substitute last week, later in the day, but first start for the club, you know, he did tremendous. Going, <laughs> you know, going away against, a, you know, arguably a top six team. And he, he, he looked, didn't look out of, out of position there, to be honest. He looked, he looked. Not at all. You know, this is exactly what we've been crying out for. Somebody who can, who's a poacher. I saw someone saying he was a fox in a ball. Exactly. That's what, exactly what we need. Someone who knows. We've been missing that. You know, he's not got a clinical record. For Bordeaux, but look, he's got two goals in, in, in one game for us today. And that first goal, you know, you know, Lookman was involved, he was involved, it was a great cross from Aina and Madger, you know, kept himself on side and did what he, what a striker does, a poacher does. He just back, you know, you know, taps it in the back of the net. Thank you very much. One nil. Poor Everton defend him, but give us some credit. We you know good movement, good passing, good cross from Aina. Exactly what we've been saying. Look, you know, Robinson tries to do the spectacular sometimes. We do the simple things there. Get the ball. We've said it time and time again. Get that ball in the six-yard box. Get your final delivery and get that crossing where it counts. And that's exactly what Aina did. And look, it resulted in a goal for for Madger. You know, perfect. Perfect start to the second half. Absolutely, Emilio. And what's interesting about this, because they have the lead, and I'm thinking there's still a lot of time left, right? Mm. But what's interesting, and anyone that watched it or – Watch it again. I'm sure you'll see it. And the announcers kept talking about it. They weren't satisfied with the one goal. Mm-hmm. The pressing was still going on. Yeah. They were pushing for that second goal even after they scored the yeah. second goal. But let's talk about the second goal because, again, it's a poacher's goal because it comes from a great shot mm-hmm. from Harrison Reed. Again, same thing. You know, Harrison Reed had every right to take go for that shot. You could see how 
even the spring in Harrison Reed step. He had, you know, he covered every blade of grass on that pitch. He, he had, really? a, had an offensive threat today, weirdly. You know, we keep saying that Harrison Reed doesn't <laughs> offer much going forward. He's just there to break up play. But today he was, you know, you know, defensively was outstanding and came forward a lot more positively. And that's right. In, for many games this season, he had a right for that shot, hit the post and that luck that we've been crying out for, I keep saying, we never had luck. If that was against West Ham, you wouldn't know it would have gone the other side of the post. It would have gone wide. But no, it hit the inside of the post. And who was there? Our, you know, our goal poacher, Manager, again. So, right place at the right time. Is that luck turning? That's the thing. It's, you know, there was a couple of moments, you know, there's how many times we've said, damn it, wrong side of the post, hits the right. crossbar, doesn't go in, off the line. Just felt today, just the rub of the green slowly going to, that off the post, it went right to a full-on player. How often have we said that this season? Right. Never. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's A, the, you know, the great escape is on. I see Rob Wilson commenting. <laughs> and secondly, just those moments of luck, just going a little bit outside. That's what we need. We've been crying out for that all season. And this is maybe, like I said, the springboard for uh, for an opportunity to get a great escape. It's, yeah, it's not quite a great escape, but there's enough games there still to, to, to get some points. And if we can play as confidently as we have done tonight against other teams in, We've got a chance, but let's not get carried away. It's only three points. We've got some big games coming up, but carry on playing like that, and you know, maybe we've got some happier times ahead. Okay, Emilio. And I keep going back to this because I expected an Everton response in the second half. I guess you could say we had it after Fulham went up 2-0. They, mm. they had to respond, but it still wasn't this no. response that I expected. And when you look at it, and I kept hearing over and over again, Fulham are in complete control. They kept saying it. The announcers kept saying it. Fulham are in complete control. And when you look at some of the passing, you know, and again, it, it sounds simplistic to talk about the uh, center back passing, but how about the job from uh, Tosin and Innocent? Mm. Some of the passing that they did, some of the forward thinking that they had, and they are your center backs. And yeah. they were always looking forward. Watch them. They're always looking forward. Yes, they would pass. They would do the sideways passing, of course. But they were looking for those passes. So yeah. that, to me, is the difference. Because when we look at Scott Parker, I think safety first. We've talked mm-hmm. about this. Safety first. That's not what we saw today, my friend. That's not at all what we saw. We saw a team that had the ability and the freedom to play their own game to <laughs> to create. And they created a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's you know go back to what we said at the beginning. You know, the, you know Mitrovic. You know, obviously, you know, he's it seems like he's got COVID again. He's picked up COVID again. So, but we didn't miss Mitrovic. You know, at the end of the day, we were a different team without him today. And you know, this is exactly the play that we need. And Kenny Tett, You know, I've been a little bit critical of him in recent weeks. Oh, I thought but, he was excellent today. Today he was outstanding. Strong, good tackles. Little went by him as well. The, the only time I felt nervous is when we sat back the last ten minutes. That's when I started. Yeah. You know, I was I was still biting my fingernails and feeling very very nervous. I thought, oh, well, here's a comment from our friend Stefan. We were not in full yeah. control in the last ten minutes. Yeah. Fair point. We weren't. We weren't. No. You are. You are right about that. You know, I felt I felt nervous. It just like I said, it just takes one moment, a, free, a penalty, yeah. a VAR decision going against us. But <laughs> just it just takes like a Leicester City game again. We dominated that game. They too. They scored a late late goal. Could they almost could have got an equaliser in the end? So it's I just get you know just feeling a little bit nervous. Overall, Scott Parker, you know we 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 shut shop. 
we did well and you know we, we controlled that game so it's you know the whole team deserves 10 out of 10 scoreline tonight absolutely absolutely i'm going to share this comment from our friend chris davidson because chris i agree with you a hundred percent on this. I keep hearing the opposition is playing awful whenever we're in complete control. It annoys me, Chris. It annoys me too. And I've already said that on the show. And I'll give you, I'm going to shout out to one of my friends an Everton supporter, Nick Laidlow. He'll be listening to this tomorrow before work. He said to me, solid game, but now special by your boys. I agree with you, Nick. I thought, I thought we dominated. We beat your team hands down, fair and square. So, um, so yeah, he's actually very disappointed about his performance, but ultimately, you know, we, we did dominate. I don't care how poor Everton were. We still, you still have to go and do a job. That's right. That's you know, right. Job. And again, I don't want to hear the excuses, Chris. I'm with you. Steve mm-hmm. Reynolds says, was the lineup the sort of thing we need? No Metro, not missed. You've already said this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think again, I said to you both yourself and Steve Reynolds and Rob Wilson, I wasn't disappointed when, um, when Robinson was dropped because I think he's been, his, his crossing has been very, very poor in good positions in in recent even before he got sent off against Chelsea, his crossing wasn't good enough. And he's sometimes been a little bit, how do you say, a bit immature in defence, you know, giving away possession cheaply and being out of position a few times. Aina looked a little bit more, more controlled, more comfortable, and never we gave Everton very, very little space in those areas. And so I think I think that's a great change from uh, Scott Parker. So we've got to give him some credit there. I can hear so I'll carry on and just reading some of the comments, you know, while Ross you've got some technical problems there. So Stefan preferred Ted and Aina at the back. Exactly. I think that's what we've said as well. I think at the end of the day, we looked more more comfortable and more yep. in control. Um, Colin Fraser, Mitrovic doesn't score those goals. Exactly. That's what we mean. We yep. have got a six-yard poacher in the box. That's exactly the type of play we need. How many chances have we created? Cavalera scuffing his shots. Lookman yep. needs to do better. Bobby Reed Again, Bobby Reed, I've not mentioned tonight. Yep. He had an outstanding game. You know, he was running. He ran all over the pitch, going left. He was everywhere. Right. He was everywhere. He was Mario, Mario Lamina ran his socks off. Mario Lamina, yep, yeah, great show. Someone mentioned earlier. I saw. Did, did we? Are we not missing Anguissa now? You know, it's but. Well, that's an interesting. <laughs> it's not, it's I mean, I, I mean, but this is a good problem to have. But but I want to yeah. go back to this because you already mentioned Scott Parker. Listen, what are your thoughts on how he set Fulham up and? Some of the substitutions that he made, it, it, he seemed to hit all the right notes here, Emilio. Yeah, exactly. I think this, we were set up more more competently. I think the team looked more balanced um, without without uh, Robinson in defence. I thought we looked more, in better shape. Anderson and Tosin weren't re- were really troubled, let's be frank. Arioli, what did he have to do? You know, We kept clean sheets tonight. What did Arioli have to do? I think Everton's Not much. First- he really didn't have to do much. Just his job. He didn't have to do much. Didn't have to do much. I think one, his first oh. save was after about seventy odd minutes. So, and they were the oh. home team. So yeah, just, just a, it's a very it's a weird season. But Scott Parker got it right. I think midfield we looked strong. Loftus Cheek is growing game by game. Especially that first half, Loftus Cheek had a very good first half. Lamina still needs that finishing though, Amelia. Yeah, that, he's missing that too, along with Luckman. Yeah. They're missing that finishing part of their game. If they could, both of them can mm. learn how to finish. Uh, you know, with Fulham, then we've got something. Both of them need to do that better because they, I, it seems like they have a lot to their game, except yeah. the finishing right now. And it also after Chig that first, I know it was offside, but he wasn't aware that it was offside. He still went for the goal and he tried yep. to tried to place a shot, and the keeper saved it. It albeit it was offside. So again, that could have been a 
a crucial miss, you know, had had we not won the game. So these moments, you know, like I said, Lookman, Loftus-Cheek need to be more clinical because they're getting chances, have yes. a level of the same thing. We can't afford to keep missing, but if Magic can, can be in the right place at the right time and we keep creating opportunities for him, then, you know, we there's some positive times ahead for us. Absolutely, Amelia. All right. Let's finish up our initial reaction show with Man of the Match. I know who your Man of the Match is. Everyone watching live, and we have a ton of people watching live, let it rip with your Man of the Match. Emilio, tell me why it's Harrison Reed. I'm going to say right now it's Harrison Reed as well. We've already talked about it. He was dominant running the show for full. And normally, whenever I think when we played Leicester City, where I gave the whole team Man of the Match, I remember. Yeah. Rather than, but today I'm going to give it to Harrison Reed. You know, I thought he he was quick he was sharp you know he was going forward he obviously is, is, you could argue he got an assist for the, for the goal by hitting the, you know, his shot hitting the post and going to Madger he had a good you know good long range shot in the first half that went narrowly wide he was just you know his passing his hunger tonight his desire was incredible if he can carry on that level of fitness for the rest of the season then you know it's going to be hard to displace him in that midfield and Lamina complimented him well didn't Lamina it was a good compliment. I'm glad that you said that. Them two, them two were passing more neatly. Harrison Reed going forward a lot more, and Lamina just sitting back, just polishing up, defending, tackling, and keeping ball, and doing the same. And, you, and you've had your issues with Lamina, and yeah, it's just yeah. interesting how the two of them worked so well together. Yeah. And you know, let's be let's be frank. I'm not the, you know, Angisa was our tower of strength before Christmas. This is what COVID could do to you. So don't forget, guys. He this. Those who are listening and watching us, he had um, COVID. He caught COVID. He's not the player he was before. So this is how nasty this illness is. I keep going on about it. It's a nasty virus. And if you're suffering or have suffered from it, you're not yep. going to be performing 100%. So it's going to be a while before we see Anguissa, the, the player he was before Christmas, which is crucial. We need um, Harrison Reed and Lamina to be playing yep. at full strength. And Tom Kenny's knocking on the door soon as well. He's, he's, he's now back in training. It won't be long before we start to see him. So all this is all good for Fulham. Gives us more more dilemmas for more Scott. options. More options. You know, again, when things aren't going right, he can change things. That's what's yeah. great about this. But I want to share this. This is from our our very good friend and frequent visitor guest to the show, Rob Wilson. This is from from Rob. Lamina yeah. plays safe, but but worked well tonight. So again. Rob would know, and, and I trust Rod, Rob's judgment. Obviously, he would know. So, so again, it's interesting when, when you look at him because um, I'm a huge Nguisa fan, but Emilio, right now, it's hard to get Mario Lamina out of there. But hmm. if you anyone that watched the end of the match, let's hope that he didn't come off with an injury and maybe he yeah. was, you know, just, just came off, uh, you know, with uh, maybe just a knock that he could hopefully hmm. just, uh, just work off. But, just but that was the only concerning thing with Lamina yeah. coming off. He he looked he looked like he was completely spent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it, he you know he worked the socks off. And Lamina was just doing the simple things. I think, like Rob said, and what I said before, just keep it short passing, keeping it tight. Did you also the thing we noticed? How, how often did we give the ball away cheaply tonight? Very rarely. You know, it felt like you know Everton were giving the ball away to us, and all we kept doing is getting. We, we, you know, all we had is one one. We were. One way, you know, heading north all the time, heading towards their goal, we looked more direct for a change in terms of, you know, you know, okay. moments in the first half where we were going backwards and sideways yep. and holding possession. But overall, you know, we we didn't give the ball away cheaply tonight, and that resulted yep. in a very comfortable win. And that's that's important. You know, okay. we have to, you know, we can't give a ball against Burnley and Wednesday night. It'll be a different game. 
it'd be a completely Burnley different game. Pressing us, they're more ugly, clearly. Um, so we, it'll be a different type of game on Wednesday night. But let's let's enjoy this moment. Let's be let's enjoy this victory, first ever league victory at Goodison Park. And if, you it's, know, it's it's fantastic, Emil. I'm I'm going to share some of the comments, and it's going to have a theme. Harrison Reed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. it's it's going to have a theme because uh, it's it's pretty. It's pretty noticeable that he was many's many mm. people's uh, man of the match, and I understand mm. it. And uh, and because I I went right for Harrison Reed, and I certainly understand that. But like I said, but like we're talking about, it, this was really a team effort. But it was different because there was one person that was really, as I I keep saying, really just controlling the play, and it was Harrison mm. Reed. He okay, was the strings, wasn't he? he was putting the strings tonight. You know, that's what I mean. Not the player you expect to be putting the strings, but he did. He looked, he looked very comfortable, acres of space, and always looking to go forward. And then you right. had exactly he had the assurance of Lamina, who was just mopping up, clearing up, and just doing the simple things behind him. So overall, the team looked much more balanced. Safe, safety first, but obviously very determined to go. You know, to go and attack and press. But it was confident. It it, yeah. it was a confident performance, and it's just so funny because again, as Chris said, when you look at Everton. They didn't look confident at all. But no. you know what? You know what? Why, Chris, they didn't look confident is because Full made them look that way. And when you hear that over and over again, it is annoying, but <laughs> it does take two to tango. Yeah. And Full made everything look bad. Mm-hmm. And they have a wonderful coach and they have a lot of wonderful players. I'm sorry. Did Jaimes Rodriguez play today? Yeah. Did Richarlison play today? Yeah. Because I didn't see them at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, again, I hardly saw them. And they have. A lot of good players. Yeah, yeah. Where were they, Emilio? Where were they? You have to ask yourself. There's a reason why you didn't hear their names that much. And then former dominant. Yeah, and we were saying this before the show started tonight. It's the the old season issues. The absence of fans at the stadiums. You, you, we're all playing on a level playing field. There isn't it's an even playing field. Europe, they, you can go anywhere now. Liverpool, the way to Man United. You haven't got to worry about seventy thousand fans supporting the home team here. That's right. So I think. That explains why Everton have had a poor season at home, why Fulham have had a poor season at home. Most clubs are struggling at home. They're playing better away from home because you've got nothing to lose. You can play, like you said, it's an even playing field. You can you play with freedom. So you play with more freedom. And that's why I think, you know, we've been we've got some better results on the road than we have at home. Tottenham away, you know, tonight, um, Leicester City. These are games, you know, that traditionally we'd get very little from it season yep. by season. But this year we've, you know, we've broken all records. Yep. And this is the comment that I, I think says it best. They couldn't break our press, and yeah. and that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. yeah, and I said Liverpool. You know, Chris saying Liverpool are struggling without the fans. Exactly my point. And they lost a home to Brighton, a home to Burnley. Why can't we go to Anfield and beat Liverpool? You know what I'm saying? We play like that. We'll beat Liverpool away from home as well. So I'm not getting carried away. I'm just being realistic that we are playing. It's, it's level playing field, home or away. To be honest, so I think it's. We've got we've got to do a job on Burnley on Wednesday. It'll be a different yep. game, different. It'll be more t- probably tougher to be honest because they're physically a lot stronger and yep. more uglier to watch. But if we just play our normal game, then we can we can get something from that game as well. Okay, I'm, I'm going to share a couple comments and then we're going to wrap this up. This is from Rob. We'll have teams looking up now mm-hmm. and thinking, hold on, these are a threat. We play like like that Wednesday, we win. Yeah, and yeah, and I agree with Rob. I agree with Rob on that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, you know, you got to break that record. There's a hoodoo there. We haven't won a turf more for God knows how many years. 
let's go and break that record. Records are there to be broken. So, I um, mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game on Wednesday. And Sheffield United, I think yep. we've got to Palace after that. So, again, Palace aren't special. You know, they're, they're, I think they're, they're pretty much piss poor as well. So I watched the Burnley awful. match and they were horrible. They're I mean, awful. They're horrible. And they're awful. If they haven't got Zahara on the ball, then why should we be worried about Crystal Palace? You know, go to, to Selhurst. We could say the same thing about Newcastle without Callum Wilson. Yeah. And what's interesting, Amelia, we've been just mm-hmm. talking about over and over again about how we need a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Mitro. And now they found someone that could put the ball in the back of the net. Now, obviously, we need to see that a lot more often. But what's interesting about Fulham is that I don't think that they are built around one player. I think mm. some of these sides are built around one player. Zaha. Zaha definitely on Crystal Palace. I'll say the yeah. same thing about Newcastle. I think that they're a poor side. I, I yeah. just think they're a poor side. But again, you know, Fulham are not playing like a team that's at the bottom. They are where they are. The table doesn't mm. lie. But, you know, and and that's some of the commentary that I heard after the match from Rebecca Lowe and uh, Danny Higginbotham and uh, and Robbie Earl. They were talking about Fulham don't look like a team that's at the bottom. They don't they just don't look like it, but they needed the victories. And now they got one. They needed a victory. But but I'm going to just share this from our friend Gary Cooper. Gary, I haven't heard from you in a while. Question is. Can we beat the three teams around us in the next three games? Whichever way you look at it, it will define our season unless we just beat all the top teams. Well, we just beat one of the top teams. I, I hear what you're saying, Gary. Yeah. We do need yeah. to win some of these matches. You are right about all of that. But right now, they just need to concentrate on themselves, not worry about the teams that are around them. I know what you're saying. We we need to do that to, to keep them at bay, keep them close. But I just think that Fulham just need to concentrate on winning matches. The next match is against Burnley. That's right in front of them. They need to concentrate on that. And then we followed up with Sheffield United. I don't care who it is right now. They need to look at one match at a time. Let's just concentrate on Burnley. And, and there's no reason why they can't make history again, Emilio. Yeah, exactly. And more. There's no reason why they can't. And you know, there's always this fear that you know, if we lost comfortably today against Everton, that would have been exactly the that worst. going to be you know, Imagine, yeah. you know, you go into lack of confidence, you know, Heads drop, drop in, in in front of those two next games to coming up Burnley and but now we have the reverse now we've got the reverse you've got the you've got that victory great victory we can go there with full confidence why can't we go to Burnley win why can't we beat Sheffield United exactly. rather than actually coming off a poor performance against Everton we've actually exactly the victory we needed the right the timing is right and it just it just felt tonight I don't know it's Valentine's I know people commenting a bit it's Valentine's night and I hope everyone's spending a nice evening with their loved ones Rob Wilson hopefully. You can celebrate now with your wife as well, to, and others as well. Rob, but, go enjoy the go rest enjoy of your, Valentine's Day, Rob. Go enjoy your last few drinks for the night, Rob, and <laughs> others. But uh, overall, it's it, that victory is, is is massive. You know, if we can if we can take that performance to Burnley, like I said, it'll be a much tougher game. They're more yep. physical. They'll press us. They'll make it difficult for us. But if we can rise above that ugly way of playing against Burnley, then. Who's to say we can't get a victory? Sheffield United, I think we're more than capable of beating them at home on Saturday. Right. Right. And uh, we will be doing a preview show, and I look forward to doing that on uh, Tuesday. We will do a preview show, and uh, and one of the things we'll be talking about is can Scott Parker learn from the lessons of the FA Cup match, Emilio? Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's an FA Cup match, but Burnley were the better side. What can we learn from that? What can mm-hmm. Scott Parker learn from that and not repeat it? At Turf Moor. So, so uh, 
a, a lot of interesting things to talk about upcoming on Cottage Talk. But listen, we do need to wrap this up because it's Valentine's Day. Let's enjoy the rest of our Valentine's Day. For Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.